On this episode of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast, we sit down with Maryland head coach Rob Vaughn as we recap the past weekend series against Ohio State where the Terps swept the Buckeyes. Then we discuss everything about this season so far with Rob Vaughn, and additionally we look ahead a little bit to the rest of the second half of the Maryland baseball season. Here we go. This is the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Levine and Ben Curtis. Welcome back to this episode of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. Matt Levine and Ben Curtis with you over Zoom. Ben, great to see you as always. But Maryland, the focus today, obviously, with a sweep of the Buckeyes this past weekend. Now back above 513 and 12, their record. And a re- really good ball club Ohio State is. Maryland took it to them each game getting out hit in two of them, scoring more runs than they had hits in all three games, just finding a way to win, really, they did this weekend. Yeah, this was, I think, the most impressive series of the season so far for Maryland. And they won in a couple of different ways. On Friday, they put up a huge crooked number in the bottom of the sixth inning. They had seven runs in what was a really tight game at the time, going back and forth. And then Maryland just with a hit parade to, to break it open. And then on Saturday, they have to come back. They weather a little storm, Ohio State. Got the game to extra innings in the top of the ninth with a couple of runs. Uh, Sam Bella was able to work his way out of it to prohibit any further damage. And then a walk-off walk, not something you always see, but that was that was a whole lot of fun at the Bob. And then on Sunday, it was a pretty complete game for Maryland. They put up four in the in the third, three more in the sixth inning, and, and that was that. So when you can win in a couple of different ways, that's always going to make Rob Vaughn happy. It's always going to make your ball club happy. And when you can sweep a team that's in the top half of the league, uh, that's always a really, really good thing. Yeah, and just, just like you said, just finding ways to win. They did that in a different way each game. And the pitching kind of, at least on Sunday, really kept them in the game and it allowed them just that one inning that Savico had in the top of the third where he gave up the four runs. Other than that, he was great and Zollner out of the bullpen was great. And that gives your team and your offense some confidence to go out there and really just win the game. And when your pitching's able to just keep you in the game and make it, make you have a chance to win. I think that's when this team can really do something special uh, down the stretch of the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. And when the bullpen is showing up the way that I think it did this weekend, that's also going to be really important. I will have Rob Vaughn on the podcast in a little bit. And he mentioned Elliot Zollner and how excellent he was and how much potential he has to really transform this bullpen. He was fantastic on Sunday, two and two thirds innings, no runs, one hit, no walks, six strikeouts. You can't ask for anything more than that. That's phenomenal pitching. So when, when you have guys like that who continue to show up, uh, that, that really transforms your ball club. And it's also going to be really important for stuff like that to happen down the stretch because the one piece of bad news that came this weekend, if you weren't uh, keeping up with us listening to games live, is the fact that uh, Randy Bednar went down with an injury Friday night. And uh, we don't know exactly how much time he's going to be out. Of course, we want to respect Randy's privacy, but he – uh, was on crutches the next day. It doesn't look like he's going to be back in the immediate, immediate future. So having guys that can step up going to be really, really important after what looked to us like uh, an ankle injury, something lower body in the ankle foot area. Yeah, and just the way that Maryland kind of comes out and responds on Saturday and Sunday with Rob Vaughn having to really tinker with that lineup and his fielders as well. You move Matt Shaw from third to left field. And you move him back up to the two spot, move Ben Cowles from the six hole to hit third. And then you have Tucker Flint move from left to right, where he's, he's really played both corners, but more comfortable in left field. 
and just having Kevin Keister have to play second and Tommy Gardner play third because Shaw has to go to left field. So there's so many adjustments that Rob Vaughn's squad had to make. And I think that is the most impressive thing coming out and just really they, – they want it for their captain in a sense because he goes down and he's one of the most competitive kids on this team that we know he wants to be in there. He's one of the loudest kids in the dugout even when he's a little bit banged up. But And we saw it earlier in the season too when Costas was banged up, Boat has been banged up. We saw their ability to respond and it really doesn't matter because this team seems to just have some competitive fight every game yeah and you know, obviously there's two elements to no randy bednar in the lineup one is the on-field contribution that he has offensively and defensively also the emotional response though not having your captain one of not only the best players but the most consistent players on this maryland team in the entire big 10 uh that's certainly a huge loss i wonder though how much just weathering everything that's happened in the past year has made this team so unfazed you know when maxwell costas went down justin vote went down at the early part of the season uh, in 2020, this entire season stopped. We had to do 2020 fall ball entirely differently. So, you know, I think we're all a little bit better. Um, the Maryland baseball team, us as human beings, at, at weathering adversity and understanding what adversity is and being able to respond to it. So it was really, I thought, impressive to see on Saturday uh, to, to come back for an emotional win, an important win, a really exciting win, too. And you get 10 innings and a walk-off walk. That's always going to be a lot of fun. Now we're joined by Maryland baseball head coach, Rob Vaughn. Coach, how you doing today? Gorgeous day out here in Maryland. Yeah, beautiful day for baseball. Holy cow, it's going to be almost 80 degrees today. I'm excited to get out there and get to work. Awesome. And just to start things off, you know, how would you describe your team thus far 25 games into the season, just a little bit into the second half? A uh, little bit inconsistent, but I love the fight that we have. Like this group, this group fights really, really hard, you know, and there's times in this year where be like it could have gone the other way. You're a couple games below 500. You're not playing great. You know, you're kicking the ball around. You have guys individually not performing at the level that they need to be playing at. And instead of checking it in, they just kind of dug their heels in and keep working, you know, and, and every day they show up, every day they work their tails off. There's not one day this year um, that I feel like we haven't competed on game day. We have. The inconsistencies for us kind of arise from practice. We're not as clean as we need to be at practice sometimes. Sometimes the focus level wanes in and out. And so that's where you, it kind of breeds inconsistency at times on the field. But what I love about this group is every day they show up, they want to be coached. They want to be coached hard. They want to be pushed. Um, and, man, the way they played this weekend was awesome. It was so fun to watch them go out and compete and and let it fly and play with some confidence. Um, it was awesome. So, you know what? We're a work in progress. That's a beautiful thing. We're just just beyond the halfway point. But every day we talk about being 1-0, which is the most cliche thing ever from a coach. But that's the reality. That's got to be our mentality. I think if you start chasing Nebraska at the top, if you start scoreboard watching, if you start chasing and all this stuff, all you're going to do is start to pour your energy on things you can't control. So our guys need to stay focused every day, win the day. Be one know we got a scrimmage out here at 3.30, so we got to go out and be the best team in the Big Ten this today at the scrimmage, and then we'll, we'll go on from there. And Coach, uh, this past weekend against Ohio State, you had two wins where the other team had more hits. You scored in unconventional ways. You had more runs than hits each game. What does that say about the fight in your team that you can score in unconventional, unorthodox ways, even if the bats aren't necessarily going? You have to, you know, I mean, you, you look at those arms that you're 
facing at Ohio State. Guys are hitting 150 off Seth Lonsway. They're hitting 180 off, you know, Neely. I mean, those guys don't give up hits. But what you have to do is you have to string competitive bats. I thought the first six innings against Neely was the best approach we've had the entire season. We had a very, very concrete plan going in. I mean, he throws 97 with a 91-mile-hour slider. We knew that two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever we played him out um, at their place, we left the zone so much on the slider. We put him in advantage counts we were leaving the zone on the slider. We were punching out because we were leaving the zone on the slider. So we made the conservative effort saying, you know what, Neil, if you can land the slider, good for you because we ain't hitting it anyway. So let's take away his fastball and stay off his slider. And guys did an unbelievable job running that plan off. And that's why he went from punching out 11 at their place a couple of weeks ago to punching out four this time and getting him out of the game pretty early. And that's because the approach was so competitive. On the flip side, we had the same plan with Seth Lonsway. And Lonsway landed his slider more, which you got to tip your hat to him. He's only had one other game this entire year he pitched that way, and that was against Indiana. And in Indiana, he struck out 17. So, yeah, he got us, he got us 11 times, and that's too much. However, we were able to compete. We were able to go. And when you have Seth Lonsway with his A game and you're still able to scratch and claw and find a way to get it done, I mean, that's the name of the game. And I think realistically the, the big kind of barometer for me was when we played Nebraska. I know Will Bolt, their head coach, well, Lance Harvell, who runs their offense, they do an unbelievable job. Everybody's kind of heard this, but we kind of come from the same tree of coaches. You know, a lot of Andy Sawyer's, Matt Deggs, we're all kind of brought up in the same kind of family of coaches there. And, and we've driven the baseball really well at times this year. We haven't created runs enough at times this year. I went, when we played Nebraska, you kind of measure yourself up against who's the best team in the league right now. And, they're driving the baseball. They're hitting homers. They're doing all that stuff, but they're also able to create runs. They did that on Sean Burke on Friday night out there, just able to create stuff out of nothing. And at the end of the day, I don't care if we get no hit. I don't care what happens. If we score one more run than the other team, I'm good. And so that has to be our guys' mentality. Very selfless. It's really fun when it's the race to the bat rack and we're all hitting doubles and homers. But at the end of the day, we got to find ways to score runs, even when you're facing superstars and guys were able to do that this weekend and on Saturday in game two against Ohio State uh, that was the first extra inning game of the year that you guys had and so fitting to walk it off with a walk um, just what did you learn about your team's fight specifically in that game I know you talked about it as a whole earlier but just in that game specifically you know I think when you look at it going into that game we were two and six in games combined um, that were that were differentiating two runs or less, two and six. So we had not been good in tight games. And I think sometimes you bring awareness to that. So we have, we told our guys like, hey, we haven't been good in this point. This is where we need to improve. You flip the script on that. You do a few little things right, things start to shift. So you go into that game. This is where you talk about the fight and the competitiveness of the guys. You know, you're up, you're up two runs with Sam Bellow coming into the game. You have two freshmen hit jacks in that bottom of the eighth to give us a two-run lead. You're feeling pretty good about it. And, you know, you're bringing your closer in who's been lights out all year. Um, and they jumped them pretty good. They did. like that. I mean, it was competitive at bats. Kern started that thing off, and it was competitive ABs. But this is where Bellow showed what kind of dude he is, is he had the bases loaded and nobody out, walked a run in. So, literally, we have nobody out in the tying run at third base, the go-ahead run at second, and he goes double play ball and then gets us out of there. Minimizes it at two and gives us a chance. And then you look down in the bullpen, you see T.J. Brock coming in, who is up to 100 with a slider. I mean, his 
dude's got absolute electricity in his arm and comes out in the ninth and it was I mean bang 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 it was just elite stuff there in the ninth inning um and then you kind of roll it back over get another zero you come back in there um and you just had competitive at bats bubble set the tone with a really good at bat to lead that inning off he's just a menace on the bases anyway um did a great job there and then really the game was Luke Schliger, a freshman in a big spot against the best closer in our league or one of the best closers in our league, um, probably throwing harder than anybody's ever seen before. The, the pitch of that game, he took a 2-2 slider down. Everybody swings at a 2-2 slider down. And we talked to our guys this week, when you take that, you need to stare into the eyes of that pitcher and know you beat him because he knows that everybody swings at that. And when he didn't get you to chase it, you know you've already got him. And – Will took the – or uh, we had uh, – Shig took the 2-2 slider down um, and then takes ball four and you walk it off and win the game. And it's just allowing the game to come to you. That was this, that was a name of the game this weekend is being clean and allow the game to come to you and stop trying to force things. And was really proud of the maturity of the fight, um, especially out of some of those young pups. And, you know, that's what I told our team. Uh, after that game, I said – I said the second half Terps one win one run games. That's who we got to be. We do that. We'll look up at the end of the year and be pretty happy with where we're at. And, and we, they they came into this weekend. Uh, your team did off of a tough series in Nebraska. You know, the Huskers hung a, a big number on Sunday, and you turn around to get a sweep of a, a real good ball club. What kind of momentum change does that give you heading down to Iowa? Yeah, you, you hope it does. I think that's the crazy thing about, you know, you don't play midweek games. so you're, It's not like we're, we're strapping it up to play today and hope to hang some more crooked numbers and really go out there. I mean, you have about four days between going out there again. Um, but, man, that's the game of baseball. It's crazy. You know, it, it, it's a wild game, and you can get absolutely knocked down at times. But the mark of a team, the mark of a man, is when you get back up. And we've been knocked down a couple times this year, but we've, we've answered the bell every time we've got back up. And that's going to be the biggest thing. We're facing a, an Iowa team that's playing awesome baseball right now. Holy cow. They're playing really good baseball. They just won three or four at Rutgers. Um, and it took Rutgers making a really late surge to, to find a way to get that done, you know, there at the end, but you got Iowa and then a Northwestern team that's just been really good all year. You know, we have at least a little bit of an idea of what we're going to get with them because we've seen them twice this year. Um, and we've seen Iowa twice this year. So we know what we expect out of these teams. Iowa's going to be very well coached. They're not going to give you anything. You're going to have to take it from them. And they have some hitters that are starting to swing the bat really well. You know, Ben Norman's having a heck of a year for them. Um, you know, Peyton Williams can really, really hit. Um, Snap, Tyler Snap can really hit. So they've got some dudes that can bang a little bit, and they've got pitching pitchers that throw a ton of strikes and and know how to spin the baseball. So, so hope to take some of that momentum, some of that confidence. But what I want us to take is the cleanliness of it. Like I want us to take understanding if we go play clean baseball, we're going to give ourselves a chance in every game. Doesn't mean you're going to end up on the right end, but you're going to give yourself a chance in every game. So that's got to be our focus. How clean can we be this after or this weekend? And uh, who has really impressed you um, this season, whether that's on the mound, in the field, with the glove, or at the plate, just overall? I mean, the pretty easy answer has been Cal. So, I mean, my goodness, what that kid's done is pretty awesome. That's the obvious one that's not fun to talk about because it's so obvious. But Benny deserves it. That guy, that guy works his absolute tail off and has done that his whole career. And so to see him – have consistent showings at the plate um, like he has. And this is where Ben Cowles has really matured because on 
on Sunday, he kind of got his, his lunch taken. Like, he had a tough day on Sunday, three punches and a sack bunt on Sunday or on Saturday against Lonsway. And to respond the way he did with the maturity that he displayed to come back on Sunday and turn in a great game against arguably a tougher matchup going right, right with him with that slider and have a really good game on Sunday just speaks to his maturity a ton. So really proud of him. And then just some of our young pups, you know, Bubba's, Bubba's been good. Um, you know, Randy's been good all year. Um, but to see some of these young guys, really proud of Luke Schligger. You know, obviously putting him right in the middle of the order, I'm not afraid to play him against left-handed pitchers. He's The moment doesn't get too big for him. Really proud of what he's done. Really proud of, you know, a guy like Matt Shaw who's been right in the middle of our order all year. And then I think you flip it over on the pitching side of it. You know, I think I think it's great, obviously, to have Dino back. But, you know, some of those guys down there, Sam Bellows worked his tail off. One guy that I'm really, really proud of this year is Sean Hine. Sean Hine's been here for a couple of years and has really haven't carved out his niche, hadn't carved out his role, um, and has been absolutely fantastic out of the bullpen for us. Been really, really important for us out of there. So really proud of Sean. You know, obviously Ramsey's taken major, major strides this year. And even a guy like Zollner, who Zollner had a really bad start to this year, like brutal start to this year. And his last two or three outings have been electric. You saw what he did on Sunday. Like, he has the capability of doing that. Our bullpen transformed once when Elliot Zoner is doing that on the back end. So, he's worked his tail off to get back. And I think that speaks volumes because it's a senior. It's an older guy. It would have been very easy to be like, all right, whatever. I'm going to go get ready for what's next. And instead, he kept working his tail off and, and is going to be a really main cog for us down the stretch here. And Coach, I wanted to ask about Randy Bednar, and obviously with him not in the lineup, it sends ripples through the defense, having to move different guys around the lineup as well. How have you seen your team be able to adjust without you know, one of the main guys in that order? Yeah, replacing – I told our guys after the game on Friday, you don't replace Randy with one guy. I'm not going to stick one guy out there, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's going to make up for that. You replace your captain by the team playing the way he plays, which is hard, is selfless, is aggressive. That's what it's going to take. And, you know, Matt Shaw hasn't taken one fly ball. And I, I take that back. He took like two fly balls in left field in the early in the fall. And it was like, all right, go over to third base. And before the game on Saturday, I went and told him, I said, Matty, I'm going to play in left. He's like, cool, got it. And he's like, I just need a glove. So Bubba gives him a glove and he goes outside and he plays left and makes some plays. Just looks like he's a, been out there his whole time. And it was literally whatever you guys need, I got it. You know, you slide Tommy, who's done the same thing, played very limited third base. You put him over at third base. That dude was a gold glover at third base this weekend. He was phenomenal over there. And so I think that's what it is. It's just got to be kind of that next man up mentality, being willing to step up and say, you know what, I'm not going to try to be Randy Bednar. going to be, but I'm going to try to come in and play the game and do it at a high level. And you're exactly right. It sends ripples through your offense. It sends ripples all the way through there. But the fact that we were able to go offensively take care of business against a really good team for two consecutive days without – arguably your most consistent best player on the field um, is huge. And I talked to our trainer today and he's like, Randy's the man. He's working his absolute tail off. He's going to be back way before we thought just because of the type of kid he is. He's like, I'm going to have to pull the reins back on him um, because he's so chomping at the bit to get out there. So hopefully we'll get Randy back sooner and later in some capacity. Um, but, but yeah, I think that's got to be the mentality is, is, you know, the pack offense is built around that. It's built around us doing it collectively, not not doing it one-on-one. -on -one. But it hurts when, when you lose your captain. So next guy has to step up and get it done. And you've gotten substantial contribution from your freshmen and the young guys. You know, Savicool in the back end of the rotation. Shaw, you mentioned Schlager as well. 
What does that say about your team's depth and then also the leadership from the older guys to kind of let the young guys come in and be really good right away? Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. The depth of it is really good. You know, I mean, you got a lot of good young players. You got a lot of good veteran players. And, and I think this group just wants to win really bad. Chris Aileen is one of the most competitive humans I've been around. Like, that guy – when you when you strap it on on game day he he doesn't only want to make you know want to beat you he wants to he wants to beat you so bad you want to quit baseball like that's his mentality all the time he says that all the time around us but the reality is it doesn't matter I mean if you if you give Bubba somebody and he's an eighth grader but it's going to allow Bubba to win he wants that guy to play that's a senior it's like whatever I got to do to play I talked to Justin Vote earlier in the year and I was like hey I'm going to keep Shig and Savicool together. They've been working together all year. I'm going to keep them together. And Justin, literally, his response was, Coach, I just want to win. Like, I literally don't care. Like, keep them together. If that's the best thing for our team right there, keep them together. I just want to win. And so I think when you rally around that, the unselfishness that comes from the older guys, from the younger guys, and everybody in between, man, you unite around that. And playing winning baseball, doing that, it's there. there's a bright future here, bright future here with those young pups playing good. and. And, um, and, you know, I'm gonna, I want to lose myself in this year because I think we can have a – I think these, this next month and a half can be a whole lot of fun with this group. You know, Coach, we've talked about this before, but in 2019 you guys were under 500 at home. 2020 you were better than what there was in 2020, and now this year you're 8-3 and three at the Bob. How much emphasis have you placed on winning at home, and how have you gotten your guys to play so well on your own turf? Yeah, you got to. Like, bad teams don't win at home. I think you look back at our – 2015 team or one of those teams back then and we were like 20 and one or 20 and two at home it was something absurd like that at home good teams win at home period like I know shoot I saw a tweet the other day at, at the Mississippi State game of this dude hitting a triple and 15,000 people screaming and yelling and going nuts like we don't have that at the Bob and that's all right we don't need that but what we have to do is we have to know the nooks and crannies. We have to understand everything about our place. And we've got to make it a really, really place to come in and win because you've got to get us out 27 times here. And we need to make that miserable for you to try to do that. And, you know, I, I, the crowds have been fun this year, especially since I've opened them back up. You've got more and more people coming. we got people sitting on kind of the berms outside the fence that can't get into the gate watching games. Like, man, that's awesome. We need more and more of that because – because that, that does nothing but enhance the experience of playing here. So, so like I said, I think that's good teams don't lose at home. That's the reality. doesn't matter who you're playing, they don't lose at home. And so we've had a good start to that this year. We've got three big series coming up in the second half here, and we, we've got good teams coming in to do it. You know, you got Purdue and Minnesota coming in, and then Indiana there at the end of the year. So, so we got to be really good here. Take care of Biz. Coach, before we let you go, just kind of want to gauge – what you and your program are trying to accomplish the rest of the way as we head into the last stretch of the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we want to win the league. You know, I, I just – yeah, I think so much of that lies beyond your control. You know, if Nebraska's up about seven games on you, they're going to have to lose some games, and we can't control anything that they do. Like, we can't. Nebraska might not lose another game all year. It could happen. And we could not lose a game all year. Guess what? We're still behind them by seven games. and can't control it. So what I want us to do is I just want us to continue getting better. I want us to continue playing at the level we're capable of. That's the thing. Like, you guys saw it this weekend, what this group's capable of doing. You've seen it at times throughout the year, what this group's capable of doing. We just haven't consistently done it. And that's the big thing I want for this group. And it starts at practice. You're not 
you're not cons- inconsistent at practice and inconsistent on game days. It doesn't work like that. So in, in everything with our life, be it academics, be it practice, be it weight room, whatever it is, striving for more consistency in what we do. Because this group's talented enough and this group's got the right kind of compete on game day that if we can be consistent day in and day out with what we do, the game just becomes more consistent. Your defense becomes more consistent. Your offensive approach becomes more consistent. The way you attack the strike zone becomes more consistent because the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Huge, huge believer in that quote. And so for me, that's the biggest piece. I want us to play consistently our brand of baseball the rest of the way. Whatever happens at that point, it happens. Maybe we win the league. Maybe we come in second. Maybe we come in third. Maybe we finish sixth in the league still. But I can live with it if we can show – show that we can be consistent day in and day out. This group's capable of it. It just takes a mental toughness and the the focus to to go run that out. So that's what I really want to see the rest of the way. I think the goals are are kind of out of our control really. Like winning the league isn't fully in our control. Getting picked to play in the NCAA tournament isn't fully within our control. But being consistent day in, day out in our effort and our attitude and our focus can be so that's where I want to pour our energy in and I think this group will get a lot of the things that they want if we can show we can do that day in and day out coach as always we really appreciate the time good luck this weekend Ben appreciate it guys Matt appreciate what you guys do man you guys do an awesome job I appreciate it thanks coach and that was our conversation with Maryland head coach Rob Vaughn we appreciate him taking the time out of his busy day before he heads out to Iowa this weekend for a pod series against Iowa and Northwestern to each a piece against the Hawkeyes and Wildcats. And, you know, Matt, one of the things that really stuck out to me, um, I guess what stuck out to everyone listening to that, the word that he used maybe most was consistency. And this is a Maryland team that coming into the season, we knew had a lot of talent, maybe Rob Vaughn's most talented team as a head coach. The 13 and 12 record, I don't know really reflects that because it hasn't been very consistent over the course of the season. There have been times when this team looks like they could be tops of the Big Ten. There have been times when this team has really struggled. Part of that is due to the injuries. Part of that is due to the uncertainty. Uh, But I think that that will certainly be the biggest thing for for the Terps down the stretch is can they put together a series like they had against Ohio State, frankly, where they're uh, doing well in a lot of different facets of the game over the course of an entire series. Yeah, and in addition to that, one of the things – uh, he spoke about with Randy going down is that you don't replace your captain with one guy, you replace it with the team. Um, and I think that is just the mentality that will help this team going forward the rest of the way. When you start the second half of play this past weekend, you, you pick up three straight wins against a good Ohio state team. They now are tied with them in the standings, but there, that kind of sets some momentum, even without your arguable best player, your captain in Randy Bednar in two of those games that sets some momentum going in the rest of the way. And now 25 games into the 44-game schedule, this thing's going by really fast. I don't know about you, Ben, but to, to be halfway, a little more than halfway into the season right now, just doesn't, it, it doesn't feel right. But yeah. I think just not really having those midweek games, it, it really it just shows that they need to continue that momentum with a bit, a bit of a separation in between games. And that's where the, the consistency needs to come in with the practices and just having good practice every day because you're having four or five days off in between games. And in baseball, that's very unusual. Um, but just if, they, if they're able to pick – they were able to pick up that sweep, if they continue that momentum, no matter how long Randy is out for, just other guys stepping up, next man up mentality, 
I think that they could be in for a, a huge second half for the rest of the way. Yeah, it was interesting uh, to hear Rob make that point about no midweek games because, you know, coming off of a sweep, you, you want to be playing baseball more and more when you're playing good baseball. You can't wait until you're back in the batter's box uh, facing off with opposition. Chirps have to wait from a Sunday to a Friday uh, to take on the Hawkeyes again in Iowa City, and that's a really good ball club, as, as Rob mentioned. So it'll be interesting to see if Maryland can continue the momentum. There have been times when you know, maybe they needed that break when they came off a really bad series and the break did really good for them uh, to give them an opportunity to hit the reset button. Now I think they want to be playing as much baseball as they possibly can in the no midweek games. We don't expect to be a permanent thing. This is part of the Big Ten's uh, COVID-19 impacted schedule. So hopefully next year we will be back to the midweek games. But until then, uh, Rob Vaughn and, and the Terps will certainly try to keep things going at practice before heading out to Iowa. Uh, which should be an interesting series. And then the Terps back at home and MBN back on the air on April the 30th against Minnesota. And Maryland familiar with Iowa and Northwestern this year, at least. 0-2 against Iowa. Dropped both of those on March 27th and 28th at Ohio State in that pod. Uh, they lost 6-4 to in game one, 11-2 to uh, in game two. And then against Northwestern, they swept them in two games at the Bob in the College Park Pod series with Northwestern and Michigan. Beat them four to three and eight to four, so some tighter games with Northwestern. But uh, Maryland and Rob Vaughn knows what they're they they're at least expecting to know what what they're going to get out of these two ball clubs, and should be a good series. And uh, we can't wait to be back on the air in two weeks from now against uh, Minnesota, who's currently sitting in dead last in the Big Ten Conference. But Ben, just a, a series this weekend at least. We won't be able to cover it, but. A game on the Big Ten Network against the Hawkeyes, national TV. Uh, maybe we'll see some some guys shine in the bright lights, and uh, at least knowing what they're expecting to get out of these two ball clubs could could help going into this weekend. Yeah, big stage certainly on Friday on national TV uh, on on BTN, uh, and then a big opportunity at home. That's going to be a massive series against Minnesota. Those are games that if the Terps want to be in the NCAA tournament conversation in the top four or even higher up in the Big Ten. That's going to be a series that they need to win, and uh, we're really excited to be bringing it to you. So we really appreciate Rob Vaughn coming on today and speaking to us, taking time out of his busy day. Always a really good pleasure to talk to Coach. And Maryland heads to Iowa this weekend to take on the Hawkeyes and Northwestern. And then we'll be back on the air for the Maryland Baseball Network on April 30th, May 1st, and May 2nd as Maryland will host Minnesota. But as always, we thank you so much for joining us. And Ben Curtis, Matt Levine saying so long. We'll see you next time on the Maryland Baseball Network podcast.